Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hola, socios. Hola, equipo. My name is Neil. I'm Liam. This is John Nurnberger from Kansas City, Missouri, USA. Morayfield near Brisbane in Queensland. Edinburgh. Barcelona. And I'm a socio. I'm a socio. I'm a socio of the big interview. My name is Neil. I'm originally from Scotland, but now living in Barcelona. Hey, why did I become a socio? Well, you could reference uh, Mr. Hunter's knowledge and access to some great football characters, but I'm going to go for his exceptional use of swear words. He really seems to strike the right chord. They're not overused. <laughs> As a Scotsman, it's something I uh, really value. My favourite interview of the season, I'm going to go for Kevin Kilban. He came across as a really open, honest, funny and down-to-earth guy. In general, seemed like the sort of person you could happily sit down, have a pint with him and just listen to his stories. You're about to listen to an interview which our socios enjoyed in full 12 months ago. If you'd like to listen to these exclusive monthly big interviews on the day that they're released, it's time to join us. That means supporting us. It means the price of a pint per month. Go to Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com forward slash Graham Hunter. Go now, join and become a socio. That means you'll get that extra big interview every month. And you'll also unlock our entire archive straight away, all for £2.99 a month. It's the best deal in town, baby. And we need you. Welcome to the Ledley King Show. His career was exceptional. People rate him as being one of the great English central defenders. I think he played more than 350 top-level professional matches. This interview is about the ties that bind him to Spurs, his memories of the lane, the big games that he was a big part of, and the players and managers of his era as a Tottenham legend and, frankly, one of the best defenders in Premier League history. For now, luxuriate in the great Ledley King. Bang on and on about Barcelona because you know people say to me, you always mention Barcelona, but I'm going to now because yeah. there's a guy who came to Barcelona and you played with, and, and it had a catalytic effect on Barcelona when the elections changed and Laporta took over and Rijkaard came in, and the first half of the season was just atrocious. Yeah. They were higgledy piggledy, they weren't fit enough to press, not everybody knew what was going on, they were thrashed by Malaga, thrashed by Racing Santander, and at Christmas. Rijkaard decided that somebody he knew from Ajax who was bouncing around might do a job. Yeah. And they signed Edgar Davids. And he arrived unfit because yeah. he'd been out. Yeah. And within about a game and a half, the sharpness was coming yeah, back. Yeah, I and remember. I watched Ronaldinho go, because right, they'd never played together, and Ronaldinho mm. was in his pomp then. Yeah. And he looked at him and he went, you know, are you just a soldier? Are you, you can play. Mm. And they went like that. 
Yeah. And then I watched Xavi, who at that stage was playing in the Busquets role in the middle of midfield, supposedly organising and holding and far from where he needed to be in terms of opening things up. You could see him game by game in training session by training session. That's what you need to be elite and competitive. Mm. And the impact David's had in six months at Barcelona was extraordinary. What was it like when he came to your place? Did he join join off the back of that? He he? did. He did, yeah. Frank Riker was absolutely distraught because Mm. he said, stay, new contract. And he went, no, I'm getting better money. And off he went, which is everybody's right. But they, they fell out a little bit over it. That was a great signing. And I think because at the time we had a young team, you know, I was still learning to try and be the captain of the team. And uh, to bring in someone of his experience was great. I remember the first, first day he came in and we sat in the canteen and we had a chat and he said, what can we win? You know, that, was his, that was his first question. <laughs> what can we win? It's a good question. And that was his mentality. You know, he was a winner. He wanted to win things. And I think he brought the best out of everyone in, in that team. You know, he had a, a role in kind of taking us from that eighth, ninth, tenth position to all of a sudden knocking on the door for top four. Uh, you know, I think we finished fifth twice under Martin Yo and, and Edgar was a big part of that. You know, I think he just lifted everyone and helped to get a little bit more out of everyone. And, uh, you know, he was, a, he was a great player, great worker as well. You know, if you could be meeting the bones about what you mean about lifting or showing or changing, yeah, think, how, effectively on a daily basis, yeah. how does a guy like that do that? Yeah, well, I think that when you're a young player and you see a player that's done it, won everything, and you see the work ethic on the training pitch, everyone follows suit. Ooh. So Edgar would, after training was finished, Edgar would be still out there working on things. He would work on things with the young players as well. Mm-hmm. He'd say, come here and, and do this with me. For his benefit or for theirs, do you both, think? Both. <laughs> you know, and that's what, you know, that's what it should be. He wasn't, yeah. a, he wasn't a coach. He was a, a player who's you know, got great experience and wants to improve he, he, his teammates, his young players. Uh, and everyone wanted to, to impress him. Oh, that's a of great course. phrase. Yeah, I understand of course, that. Of course you do. You know, when you get a superstar like Edgar come to your place... Uh, you, know, you want to show him what you can do. Tough tackler, tough to tough to play against. Yeah, he was he was. You know, he was known as a pit bull, and that's what he was. You know, he was quick over the ground. But, but a lot of people left out how technically good he was, and that was something that he worked on all the time. You know, he loved one on ones after training. He would love to try and pull me aside and come on, let's do one on ones, and he would try and run at me and and, and work work his skills and. Obviously, you know, it used to get quite heated. It used to get quite heated, you know, because Edgar would would try and rub it in if he scored. Yeah. You know, he would talk while he's going at you, and it was his competitive nature, and, and it was great. What about um, when when we I talked previously about, and again, it must be you that takes this. I'm just laying up my ideas. I think that people um, in Britain we do like extremes of like every up and drama and control I don't think is something that we necessarily opt for it's not mm. part of our nature yeah. I think we're quite a dramatic it's a warlike race and therefore that sometimes shows in our football yeah. whereas um, I, I would I would say that in your ideal match you'd probably be controlling the ball and using it but mm. somehow or other 
partially because of maybe what you're facing or the people around you. There's quite a lot of times where Spurs were caught out course, and yeah. part of your legend to Spurs fans mm. is dealing with that. Mm. Kind of like bailing water and getting back in. And you managed to produce a series of extraordinary interceptions, which I'd like to understand better, while getting booked. I mean, you're sort of Mary Poppins style booking count. You're eight, seven, or eight, seven. Yeah. Shall I even exaggerate? It's eight, yeah. seven. Yeah. One to try and explain your attitude to when the ball's gone by somebody and you've got to rescue the team, or, or maybe you're you were up position. I'm not. I'm not yeah. trying to say yeah, you're so, yeah. infallible. And, and, and how you did it without getting booked. It's an extraordinary it's an achievement. It's an instinct. As a, as a kid, I didn't really like going to ground. I think I was always quick across the ground. And from an early age, I just developed a theory that once you go to ground, you're out of the game. And I always felt even if someone went past me, I could get back at them if I stood on my, on my feet. Obviously, there was times where you have to go to ground, but... As much as I could, I tried to stay on my feet and, and make make people beat you. You know, make people. You know, even if they beat you, they, they, I, I thought that I could try and get back at you, and you might have to try and beat me again, which was uh, which is obviously difficult to do twice. But that was it, really. That was just the way I get, the way I played the game. I didn't try not to think about it too much, and you know, it's difficult. Sometimes you you don't know. You're just doing it. You're just doing it. You're doing what you do. You know, and, and sometimes it's difficult to, to try to explain to people because uh, you know, everyone has different different tools, different gifts. And that, and that was something that I was kind of blessed with. Who were the strikers where you, that you, when they were coming up and you were yeah. playing like that, you're like, yeah, I, I'm, I love this bat, or I, I know I've got him in my pocket, or yeah. Oof, I don't enjoy this one. Yeah. Do you I go never, across never, your career? I never really said I had anyone in my pocket until the game was over because strikers can be quiet for 90 minutes and score a goal and if they've scored a goal I wouldn't say I had them in my pocket do you know what I mean I've, I, they have to not score for me to feel that I had them in my pocket but I enjoy playing against all the best strikers <clears throat> because I wanted to test I wanted to test myself I wanted to be what I, what I believed in my own head you need to play against the best to bring out the best in you and for people to see how good you are is the best so I, I love playing against Thierry I love playing against Drogba you know, whoever, whoever was the best that kind of used to excite me What did Thierry do that was difficult for you? Thierry drifted around the pitch Thierry would go out on the left so he was out of my zone Did you go? There's no, not, there's times where you can't of course as a centre half and, and that's 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 what makes, you know, when, when we talk about the best players, you look at Messi, you look at Ronaldo, and they're not really up against you. Do you know what I mean? They can, yeah. they can pick balls up from 30 yards, 40 yards, and they can get running with the ball. They can, Ronaldo a little bit less now, because yes. you know, he's, he's playing up top a little bit more now. Uh, but players who can affect the game from 30 yards out, 40 yards out, be in different areas of the pitch and, and affect the game, they're the ones that are, they're difficult because if I had confidence in myself to you know playing up against you one on one that's that's one thing but once you go on the left or right I have to put trust in other people 
are you peripherally kind of watching what's going on as well as doing what's, what's now in front of you yeah, if they've drifted well, when, off? When, when they're the top players, you know that they can beat someone very easy and that opens up spaces, that pulls people out of positions, just opens up a, a whole, new, whole new world. So, of course, you're, you're aware of, of you might have to cover and, and help, but also the top players can find a pass that can, can uh, you know, you can't switch off, basically, with these, with these players. You know, you're always alert. Once certain players get around 30, 40 metres around, you, you, you've got to have all your antennas up, expecting danger. You've mentioned him. Was Drogba a very physical battle? Is, he, is Drogba bigger than you? Similar, similar size. So it wasn't a case of being bullied? No. I mean, it wasn't a case of being bullied. Drogba was strong. But he wasn't just strong. He, he had very good feet. Great in the air, you know. You could score goals. He scored lots of different types of goals. That's what he could do. You know, if a cross came in, you knew that he. There was a good chance that he'd get his head on it, but he could score unexpected goals as well. He could score volleys, as we've seen him do. He could he could turn and and, and bang shots in from from twenty thirty yards. Uh, so yeah, he was one of he was one of the best. You know, he wasn't just a big man. He could also run, he could also hold a ball up when he needed to bring other people into play but he was also a goal for it and you know, often with big men you, you can often get they're great at holding up the ball or they're great in the air but, but they're not so much of a goal for it Drogba had a bit of everything where he, he maintained you know, everything being strong, being, being able to hold the ball up, being able to turn and get shots off and uh, Adebayo was a bit the same when he was at his best. Mm-hmm. He was at his prime. Mm-hmm. Can do a bit of everything. They're, they're, they're he was very skilled, wasn't yeah, he? They're, they're difficult guys. Yeah. How many of them tried across your career? How many yeah. tried to sort of did trick you with movement, or how many were in your ear trying to put you off? Yeah. Or n- n- none in my ear. You joking? Really happen. No, didn't really happen. Wow. Uh, Thierry was nice. You know, Thierry would talk <laughs> about. You know, he was really friendly. With me, which I didn't like because <laughs> as a defender, you, you know, you're trying to concentrate and you don't Leave really want someone alone having a yeah. Having a, at the same time, you're thinking it's Thierry, you've got to respect him. <laughs> that's, but that's the, that's a good upbringing. That is. You know, don't put me off my game. I'm you know I'm fully focused here. I've so never heard you, you that can, honestly. Yeah, so I always feel strikers they they can play quite relaxed. You know, I think defend, defensively you have to you have to be switched on the whole time. And that's the way I like to. Try. And you weren't the type to frighten or bully somebody or, or try and no, no, scare them. No, 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 no. Because for me, talk's cheap anyway. You know what I mean, I think you know you try to try to do it by your your, your actions. Uh, I think there was one person going back. I think Paul Dickoff was someone who gave me a little bit of verbals once. Paul, you know we follow each other on Twitter. Paul was born in Scotland, so yeah, yeah, exactly. And we we're we're like that. We're like that. He's the nicest guy in the world. He is. Like, he is. But pitch, he, you know, I think he would admit he was a terrier. Yeah, yeah. And, but I didn't... My, my, my reaction was, OK, in my head, right, now you're not going to get a kick, <laughs> rather than giving him the mouth back. Uh, because at the same time, I didn't want to sell myself to talking too much, and then he, he gets a hat-trick. You know what I mean? That's no good. So all right, let's keep focused. Let's do my job on him now. And you know, That's the way I was. This season, we have a new sponsor, Bet365, 
the world's biggest online betting company. Have you listened to our Q&A previewing the season in Spain? It's a two-parter, each of which are available right now. You lovely big interview listeners sent in your questions, and so did the guys at Bet365. The guys have asked, how difficult will it be for Thibaut Courtois to get in the Real Madrid side ahead of Keylor Navas? It's worth saying in answer to this question that Courtois had been hinting on social media that he was ready to start. But the media picked up on it and the two made Madrid papers had Courtois on the front page saying, you know, Courtois starts, Courtois ready. But the adoration that the players have for Kaylor, the fact that one of the reasons that Zidane left was that he saw interference by the president on who was going to be the first choice goalkeeper. And Zidane didn't like it. He knew how the team felt about Kaylor and the value of Kaylor. The solution will be that the, the competitions are split. Trebles come where great keepers duke it out. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let's talk about a couple of happy times, I hope. Um, in your career, uh, you did things that weren't very regular for Spurs. 2002, January, Tottenham Hotspur 5, Chelsea 1. Mm-hmm. An absolute bosker. Everson Sherwood, Sheringham, Simon Davis, Rebrov. Do you remember the occasion? Do you remember what was at risk? Hoddle the manager, run here, the manager. Yeah, of course. What, what, instantly I say that, what comes to you? It was, just, it was one of them magical days at, at the lane, you know, under the floodlights, where everything went right. You know, we, we didn't put a foot wrong all game. There was another one further down in my career uh, against Arsenal. But that was my first magical experience at the lane. You know, as a 21-year-old, we were 2-1 down in the first leg, uh, playing against a good team, good Chelsea team. And, Plumbing, it was. And... Uh, you know, it was one of the magical days, magical nights, and obviously, it was a, the, we reached the final with with, with that performance. And uh, at, the, at the time, you think that these finals are going to come around all the time, which obviously I learned they don't. You did but, have uh, quite a few of them. Not fun. Three. I only played three finals, a few semi-finals, but uh, you know that, that was my first experience as a, as a 21-year-old and. As I say, it was one of my first real magical. What was something? What was the crowd like? What What was the atmosphere like? Or are you Are you going to tell me you're you're unaware of that because you're so it focused? Was, it was. Yes, there's, there's certain games where it's just 
they're just different, you know. And and I think that obviously the fans were were up for the game. It's a massive game, semi final, but it's also the way we started the game. And when you start a game and and you get on top and you score early in the game, two minutes in, Ever- Everson, then you know you just kind of you're just going downhill, so to speak. The crowd lifted us. We was just just kept going. We just kept going, and you kind of play in. Playing without thinking, you're just playing on on emotions and passion, and uh, and yeah, we was we was too much for them. They couldn't they couldn't handle us. Further down the line, I was going to raise it too. Jermaine Genus, Nicholas Bentner, Robbie Keane, Aaron Lennon, Adaboyer got one back. Sorry, Steve uh, Malbrank. Bentner, you said Bentner. Bentner got the second for two 0 And that can't be right. Yeah. Jermaine Genus scored. Keane, Lennon, Steed, Emmanuel Adaboyer for Arsenal. Five one it finishes. Yeah. January 2008, Juan de Ramos in charge. Mm. One of his glory moments. Again, memories of that. Similar thing. Better that because it's Arsenal or Chelsea. Better because it's yeah, Arsenal. I think so. I think so. Also, this was the next, the second time I'd reached the final. Obviously, a little bit older now. Uh, you start to wonder: Are you going to win anything? So. Uh, you know, being captain, obviously against the rivals, as you say, when we wasn't doing too great during in the in the league, probably probably was a little bit had that little bit more about it, and uh, but again similar, so similar in terms of the night. Just uh, I'm sure we scored an early goal again, and and uh, do you mean after three minutes? Three minutes, yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah, that's the key. Get, get an early goal, get the, the, the fans behind you, and uh, we'll beat you 5 <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. uh, 1. You, yeah, you're very diplomatic. <laughs> but, um, this isn't a visual medium, but as he was thinking about it, uh, Ledley's smile just got bigger and bigger and bigger until the, the laugh erupted. Juan de Ramos, I have to ask, as somebody who kind of watched him and knew what his Seville team was all about, mm. And you won a trophy under him, yeah. but it was a mismatch experience. Mm. And I, I seem to remember Aurelio Gomez saying that the food regime, with the sort of vitamin mush balls and whatever, and the, the stripping out of treats in the in the training ground, yeah. made him feel like he was on starvation rations. And under <laughs> how bad was the kitchen under Wander Ramos? Yeah, it changed. It changed quite a bit. I think the first thing he said that everyone was overweight when when he came. Uh, I think he took. 22 players from, from Seville, 22 players from Tottenham, and said we're 100 kg more than them for the 22 players. But, you know, everyone's bodies are built differently. You know, the Premier League's a little bit, a little bit more physical. A lot. Uh, so that, that was the first thing. It was Doesn't win your friends. Yeah. And, you know, everyone had to lose weight. There was one player that didn't have to lose weight, just one. Was there a Spaniard in the team? Nope. Who? I don't think there was a Spaniard. But uh... hold on, hold on. I'm going to cheat here. Yeah. Okay, I'll give you a clue. He scored. He scored in the game. Jermaine. Yeah. Which one though? Defoe. No. Genus. Yeah. Genus was the only one who was fit, so to speak. You, uh, you said that with a degree of bitterness there. Yeah, I, I had seven between seven and eight percent body fat. But I still had to lose weight. I still had to lose weight. Because <laughs> yeah. uh, I think there's a way of weighing, and you can come out obese. 
if you're a sports person, because you, you, I forget, I forget the words of it now, but if you, you take certain body mass or certain certain height and blah blah blah, it, it's, it it's never really, really, it's never really troubled me. I, I, I can't help you on that one. <laughs> so, uh, but you know, we 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 stuck by it and we ended up winning something. So. <laughs> I can't complain, but yeah, some players lost a lot of weight. I think Paul Robinson, yeah. goalkeeper, I remember him losing a lot of weight. Tom Huddleston. But we became, I think we did become a fitter team for it. Uh, you know, the way he wanted to play was counter-attack football. Mm. You know, when we went forward, he wanted to go forward with speed and, mm-hmm. and, and to have energy. Uh, so as players, you know, you just, you just have to follow the manager's rules that, that is I mean that's a fair answer yeah. that isn't always true because managers that we speak to in the series or I've learned from yeah. they're aware that it's not like I'm the boss and you boys yeah, play yeah. for me there is a degree where you have to get a core of the players saying I might not like it but I'm into this yeah, I mean it's difficult to argue with we want you you know we want you to be fitter we want you to <laughs> lose some weight you know I think you've got to be you've got to be open you've got to be you know this was a new manager coming in we'd seen that he had success we wanted success you know did we agree with it some some didn't of course Ooh. but let's give it a go let's see how we feel and it brought you a trophy it did yeah what's the moment like when you think back to the cage think back to I presume your mum sacrificed things or encouraged you and you're at the club that you've fallen in love with and, yeah. and you're like, the whistle's coming or we're leading or again. I'm asking about the emotions and when you can disconnect from have to win, have to win, have to win, concentrate. What, what happens when you're the leader and you, you win a big trophy at a stadium like that? All of a sudden, you start to think, it's not as hard as I thought. You know, once you've got that first taste... And it's something that you, you want more of. You know, we got to the final the next year, lost on penalties. Mm-hmm. To United. To United, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so all of a sudden, you've kind of you've got over a hurdle that you know, a lot of players in my team have never won anything. You know, I remember, obviously, Robbie was there from a young age as well with me in a similar position. You know, hadn't won anything. And 26, 27 at that, at that time, and you're starting to think, you know, am I ever going to win anything? So I think there was a there was a feeling of relief that we, we've achieved, that we've achieved something. Uh, but, you know, throughout the game, it's, you're always wondering, you know, is it, is it not going to be our day again? You know, until that whistle comes. And when it does, then, uh, you know, as I say... You have that belief that you can go into each season and win something, which, which obviously it's, it's, it's not been the case. But you know, it did give us a lift. But obviously, we'd, we've lost. You know, after that, teams get broken up. You lose some players, uh, and, and that was a difficulty. You know, having to start again with different groups of players, uh, which has always been tough during my time at Tottenham. I want to close by because your time's precious. You've given us a lot. I want to close by asking about sentiment. And you're an ambassador for Spurs. Yeah. So it's very clear that they're doing the right thing by moving to Wembley, building a new stadium. So let's just accept that progress and bigger stadium and bigger revenue yeah. is a good thing. Mm. But you're losing a precious thing. 
you know, you're losing the lane. Yeah. I, I want to try and uh, understand what the, the bricks and mortar of that place, the people that work there, the noises, the sounds, the memories that are now bulldozed mean to you, meant to you. Are you sentimental? Do you have a seat in the, from the back gar- in the back garden? Have you taken any mementos? Or knock me down and say, that's a load of rubbish, I'm not sentimental. It, you know, I'm, progress is everything. Yeah, I'm, I'm not that sentimental. Uh, you know, but what I take with me is my memories. In terms of, you know, the first time I, I turned up at the stadium as a kid, the ball court, you know, which is no longer there and hasn't been there for, for years. Now, I'll never forget these things. Being out there, making my debut, first at home, my home debut. Uh, you know, how the fans reacted to me and how they still do. Uh, you have to move with the times, I believe. Obviously, we've had some great, great memories and great history at that, that stadium. But, you know, we're now hoping that we can create some, some, some more memories in the new stadium. And, and you know, things... Things do move on with time. You know, as I said, the new training facility uh, that the team moved to probably five years ago. Uh, it's sensational. I mean, around Europe, I tell you, yeah. clubs talk about it around Europe. Yeah, of course. And you know, if, if Tottenham want to be a club that is competing on all levels and, and known as one of the biggest clubs around, then these are the steps that, that, that we're going to have to take. And, uh, you know, of course, there's a lot of people that are sad about the stadium going, but... I think the great thing is that the, we're not moving. We're not moving from uh, Wild Lane. You know, obviously, the, the, the new stadium will have different, a different name. Uh, but we have to move with the times, and hopefully, we, as I say, we can create some more special moments in the, in the new stadium. Has, apart from <clears throat> earning a good living, enjoying yourself, and lifting trophies, is it nice spending your career feeling love? Because not many players <laughs> get that. Yeah. Of course, uh, you know I've got such a great relationship with the fans. But it wasn't something that I've, I thought about. It wasn't. It was never in my thinking. It was just going along with how I felt at the time, you know, which was happy at, at Tottenham. You know, obviously I wanted to compete for, for as much as I could. But you remember I was injured. You know, I had I had my knee problems from the age of. <coughs> From, 20, from 26 to, 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 to when I retired, 31. You know, that, that obviously had a, uh, an impact on me. But I saw the way the fans reacted to when I was playing. You know, every time my name was called out, how much I meant to them. And that, that was important to me. I loved that feeling. And, and as I say, I was very happy there. I was comfortable in terms of, you know, I've always felt the club was going in the right direction. I feel that. If I'd have been fit, then we could have been a better team, a team that could have come maybe close to, to, to winning. Well, we would have won more things, more trophies, been close to maybe winning the league. But I was just in a happy place, and, and, and for, for me that was important in, in my career. You put us in a happy place. <laughs> it's not a cliche, it's the truth. This has been everything that we expected it to be. Um, I hope some of the big interviews, admiration for the kind of person that you are and the player that you are has come through. Thank you. Can, can I make me a little deal with you? Go on. Yeah. I think you're going to manage. I think you're going to take some of the things that you learned from Joel and Harry Redknapp that you're going to manage. So a couple of seasons into your managerial career, yep. 
and things are calm and you're under control. And it, Let's do this again and talk about management and the process of management. We've got a deal for sure. Oh, come on! <laughs> I am the deal maker, Ledley King. Appreciate it. Very much you. indeed. Cheers. Thanks a lot. Brilliant. Absolutely sensational. Thank you for joining us for season 2018-19. We've got huge creative plans for the months ahead, but we do need your help to make them happen. Please go right now to patreon.com forward slash Graham Hunter and become a social, become a paying member and get an extra big interview every month plus loads of bonus content. Last season, socios listened to nine exclusive big interviews including Rafa van der Vaart, Troy Deeney, Roberto Di Matteo and loads of me talking about football. The Premier League, the Champions League, Spanish football. I'm sure they enjoyed it and you will too. Support us, join us. Thank you.